Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Ellen and Aaron's Forceful Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Ellen and Aaron. Ellen and Aaron. Good evening, everybody. It is Friday, February 25th, 2022, and this is, of course, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk podcast. We are delighted to have you on here tonight, and hopefully you're able to, uh, to make it here to our show this evening. Got something a little special to do tonight here, a little bit different than our normal uh, format. Um, as uh, many of you know and probably saw the pictures uh, last uh, Sunday and into the week, uh, Alan had his uh, first experience at Daytona International Speedway uh, this past weekend, and we want to thank, of course, uh, the great people at Daytona International Speedway for providing uh, him with uh, the passes to get in. And all week I've been talking to Alan and texting Alan and seeing some of the things that he got to experience. And he, first time there, I remember my first time there uh, a dozen or so years ago, it is a great experience see things you never saw before nascar on on tv is not the same as nascar in person and now i'll tell you that firsthand here uh this time around so alan is going to be interviewed here tonight by me and i'm going to ask him some questions about his experience and first things first alan uh good evening how are you been pretty good been pretty good it's been a busy week uh but thankfully we made it through another week and um Obviously, uh, Fridays are, are good because we get to do the show, and then we get the weekend uh, beginning uh, tomorrow. So, um, But uh, I know that it, it, it's one of those things where any of us have seen NASCAR on TV, and I remember watching it as a kid, dating back uh, probably to the late 80s. I've driven by Daytona International Speedway on I don't know how many occasions over the years, and you know to actually see cars going around the track at 200 miles an hour it's such a incredible feeling um alan i want to get your take on uh on what that experience is like for the very first time and all the things you got to see there uh here this past weekend oh sure i definitely will and, and you mentioned it you know thank you to daytona 500 nascar for inviting the alan and aaron sports creator show to go ahead and come out to the event give us full media access and not only that, they gave us, you know, really the whole setup. We had a, we had a stage there to sit where it was away from the, the general public where we could actually broadcast. And they gave us the hospitality as far as, you know, food and beverage throughout the whole weekend. A magnificent time. It really was. I really have to say that I didn't know what to expect because it was my first time coming to NASCAR event. I, I didn't know how things were going to be. I kind of went in blind, but I learned as I went along. It's just the the races are really cool. You get a chance to go ahead and, and see how fast these guys are going. I also got a chance to meet and interview Katie Toner, who was a Thunderbird, which was a fantastic experience. She did a great job. For those who don't know, the Thunderbird is a, the U.S. Air Force, that the ones that go up in the air during the national anthem, and they go real fast. And I got a chance to interview her. I got a chance to meet a lot of VIP guests. 
I got in, in inside all of the press conferences that everyone had. Everybody was really cool. It's really the Super Bowl of racing. That's a very neat uh, description there. And I've watched, uh, you know, a lot of the, the videos you posted, obviously. Uh, an event like this, as you mentioned, it is the Super Bowl of uh, motor racing. Um, and we're just, uh, you know, a week after the Super Bowl, of course, when this is, uh, takes place. And uh, kind of mingling those two things together here, you run into the all-time leading rusher in the National Football League, and that was Emmett Smith. What an experience. How was that? That was so really cool. I mean, Emmett Smith, who just, you know, fortunate as it may be, just became an owner, and his driver's name was Jesse. And what ended up happening, he's he's now invested in NASCAR. So when I saw Emmett, I was like, wow, Emmett Smith is here. And I was at first, I was a little bit like, oh, man, I miss Emmett because when I looked at the press conference schedule, before they updated it for Saturday, I was there for Saturday and Sunday. They had Friday still on the board. And when they had Friday on the board, Emmett Smith did a press conference on Friday. And I was like, man, I missed that. I missed Emmett Smith, the press conference. And I was thinking that at that point, since he did already a press conference, it was going to be a little more difficult for me to get an interview with him. But lo and behold, I had made a couple of right turns and, and there he was. He was actually looking at the race car before they were going to do the practice round. And I said, wow, let me go ahead and take advantage of this opportunity and go ahead and, and interview him. And he was very gracious, really kind, and really cool. And, and it was really cool that not only did I interview him, as you can check on our show page, but what I really thought was really cool is that he did a – I took a great picture of him kneeling down, doing a picture, a prayer of him and his team before Jesse took the race because – these guys are going 180, 200 miles an hour. It's good that him and his team did a prayer before he started racing just to make sure everything was okay. That is pretty neat to hear for sure. And, again, to run into somebody famous like Emmett Smith, uh, you know, obviously not a place you normally might see somebody from another sport, but this is kind of a, a mega event where, you know, you do run into various uh, athletes of, of all uh different backgrounds and you know how about a neat race to be at too a rookie uh austin Sindrick ends up winning uh his first daytona 500 and uh bubba wallace coming in second uh very very uh very good finish there i understand um i know that there was some uh maybe pushback in terms of uh the new cars they're using this year where they weren't going quite the same speed they've gone in the past and it, from my watching of uh, of the Sunday race, the, the main race, the 2500, um, the packs of cars were a lot different. And of course, there was a couple of big wrecks. Uh, which I got to get your your take on that. When you saw your first uh, your first wreck and any of the events over the weekend, including the 500 on Sunday, what was your reaction to the first one that you saw? You know, it was pretty wild. In that, I was like, "Wow, I hope everybody's okay," because that wreck that happened on Friday night was a pretty bad wreck and not only that the car caught fire if you look at the replay underneath the car was on fire and I, everybody was surprised that he walked away from that unscathed because one thing that i did notice about nascar the car is really just fiberglass and a frame there really isn't much protection i mean you have the hans device and things of that nature but everything is designed for the car to go fast there are safe it is safety 
things inside of the car, but it's not like a traditional uh, car that you would have with airbags all the way around. It's it's designed to go fast. And I, I was very surprised and impressed that he did not get hurt. It was a really bad wreck the one that happened Friday night, car catching fire. But they put those safety devices in there and they got him out and he was good. And I was just I was just impressed that he he survived. And then I also said one question that I should have asked Emmett is because he was very concerned with Jesse finishing the race. As an owner, how bad do you feel if your car gets damaged or wrecked? <laughs> how much of a dent is it in your pocket, <laughs> too? It's always a, a big question. I mean, some of these teams, and you know, you get the the Joe Gibbs of the world, or any of these other bigger teams that have deep, deep pockets. You get some of these smaller teams that rely on you know sponsors, and they rely on someone in the background having the big pockets. You're an accident away from probably not having a ride anymore in some of those smaller team situations because those cars. You know, they're not cheap. You know, they're, you're talking about uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, when you consider the body, the motor, uh, and all that takes to, to run those vehicles. And there's such intricate, um, you know, coordination and pieces involved in that. In fact, um, I may have mentioned this on the program before, and we can get a little more into it later on, but my, uh, my brother-in-law uh, was for several years a pit crewman uh, for uh, for a racing team, and I know he can talk a little bit more in depth about how you know the car is put together and being in the shop and fixing things when they go wrong, kind of thing. Um, but there is a lot more to it than than just you know what we have in our own, in our garages and what we drive you know back and forth to to work and wherever else uh, you know throughout the week in our vehicles. So um, that's definitely great stuff there, uh, Alan. We'll talk a little bit more about it in a moment. Uh, we'll pause that for a moment if we can. Uh, tonight I want to uh, welcome uh, to the program from the Enhanced Sports Show, our good buddy uh, Lou is on the line with us tonight. Lou, good evening. How are you? Thank you, Alan. Good to be here. Aaron, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing, doing well, right. yep. <laughs> yeah, boy, I just had a heavy low with the, uh, with the Daytona 500. Oof. And, of course, you yeah, know, no, what's, no, the, what's the – yeah, for a minute there, I thought it was going to be shades of 2001, you know, when we lost Dale Earnhardt, but, you know, that was pretty scary enough. It was, and, and that's the crazy thing is that, you know, one of the cool things, I'll talk about the accident in a second, but one of the cool moments of that weekend was seeing Dale Earnhardt Jr., on the, yeah. you know, right before the practice, there, right there in front of me, and him get so excited to see Emmett Smith. He was like, he got starstruck uh-huh. to yeah. have Emmett Smith there, and I videotaped so it. It's a great moment. He was, he was, he was very impressed and very happy that Emmett was there, and I got it on on video, like kid in a candy store, and and that's why diversity and is so cool. You know, you get a chance to see yeah. that a legend in the sport act like a, a starstruck kid when he runs into his hero, Emmett Smith. Just to see Dale there, you know, with his dad, what he means, and, and you know, just having those flashbacks. I did have flashbacks when that accident did happen because with mm-hmm. Dale Sr., his accident didn't look nowhere near as bad as the other accident, and unfortunately he didn't make it. Yeah. Visually, that is. It didn't look bad visually. And um, 
these guys are going really fast and made Dale Earnhardt, you know, rest in peace. And it was really cool to see his son there. Yeah. Yeah, the cars have changed safety-wise a lot, uh, really, since, yeah. you know, 2001. I mean, they were already fairly safe considering uh, where they were back then. But the, the uh, my understanding of it, anyways, is that the – uh, the you, know, you talk about the the frame of the vehicle and that roll cage inside is basically kind of like the rib cage, uh, you know, that protects your internal organs. It's the same kind of principle there. So reinforced, you have the Hans device, which is a mandatory thing now. Um, yeah. You've got all these other things that are you know the safer safer barriers on the walls. Um, really changes a lot of things. Now there can still be bad things that happen because if you go back two years ago. Um, the way the 500 ended was there was a huge crash right at the end. And um, I forget the driver's name, unfortunately, but landed on the roof and then another car hit him and it did not look good. In fact, he was in the hospital for, I want to say like eight days, um, mostly yeah. unconscious. And so that could have, that could have very well turned out similar to what happened in 2001. Um, but uh, a great event. Um, I would definitely recommend yeah. anyone who's listening to our program. Um, you know, it's one thing, and I, I, I say this you know, again, it's one thing to watch it on TV. It's a lot of fun to watch on TV. You get to see how things develop. You get to see how, you know, guys move up on the track. They maybe cause an accident or get into an accident or going into the pits, how quickly these these folks can can uh, change a tire or, you know, fill up the gas tank, um, which is part of the strategy of racing. Yeah. But to be there and have those cars, you know, buzz by you at almost 200 miles an hour, and that, you know, the, the the shaking of wherever you're at, whether you're in the stands or in the pits or where Alan was on uh, Radio Row there, you know, that feeling as they come by, it's just, there's not, you can't, I, I, there's not a way for me to describe it without you actually having been there. So, um, neat, neat thing to go to. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to go to a NASCAR race, whether it's in Daytona or if you guys are listening to us somewhere else, you know, definitely take an opportunity. It is definitely a fun fun experience. Oh, I'm sure. It really is. Yeah, if I was an Everett Smith, I'd be starstruck too. <laughs> if you read Everett Smith? I wish I did. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, there, there was, there was, there wasn't a short list of VIPs. Uh, there definitely wasn't. You had Trace Atkins there, Charles Woodson. Uh, you also had, you know, who was there too was Michael Jordan was there, though he left the Sunday. He left early Sunday, but he was there. For, I've heard it from a few sources, quite a few strong sources, that he was there because of Bubba Wallace. And the reason why he did leave Sunday was to make it to the All-Star game. They were honoring him in the top 75, yeah. and he just made it on time. They even said it at the at the game that he left Daytona to go to Cleveland to make the all-star game on time. I mean, you know, you got to be a VIP to leave Daytona on a Sunday and still make it to Cleveland on time. How he did it <laughs> at eight o'clock is, you know, that's, <laughs> that's VIP status there, but he was well, there. He has a private jet. So. Yeah. So he, he was there though. I mean, I heard it from quite a, I did not actually physically see him, but I heard it from a lot of strong sources that he was there at the event, and he only left because they were honoring him at the All-Star game, him and the top 75 players, which uh, uh, MJ was there, but he was in the house. And 
it would have been a little be, unfortunate for Bubba. Game. I mean, what do you think people are really looking for when it comes to the All-Star game? Because I heard a lot of complaining about how, you know, there was a lack of defense. With, hey, stupid, it's an All-Star game. You're supposed to show off your skills. If it was a defensive struggle, no one would even care. Okay, so they go, oh, yeah, we exactly. still, it wasn't much. 163-160. I don't like you guys, but that's the kind of All-Star game I kind of like. I don't know about the rest of you all, but I think, you know, you need that off, you need offense. It's not, you know, it's not a struggling offense in this, in this game. You know, let him play, yep. let him play yeah. it out like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I, and I agree. Oh, no, no, defense. Oh, shut up. Yeah, I, I yeah, agree. I, I mean, it, that extends. Sorry, Alan, go ahead. Go ahead, Alan. No, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, I, I think that, you know, whether it's the NBA All-Star game um, MLB All-Star Game, Pro Bowl, um, you know, any of those events, you know, you really want to see – you want to see defense have your team play during the regular season or the playoffs. You know, I, I you know, if I'm watching the All-Star Game, um, you know, I want to see guys jamming. I want to see guys knocking down threes. Yeah. I want to see guys, you know, having fun. And, 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 you know, yeah, during the regular season – you're going to get mad at the other guy if he dunks on you. If he does it in the All-Star game, laugh yeah. it off. It's fun. You know, same thing in baseball. You know, for for the longest time, baseball made the mistake, and I believe it was 2003, and it lasted for probably 15 years, where the All-Star game determined who had the home field advantage in the World Series. That was the stupidest thing they've ever done, other than what's going on right now. Um, I want to see guys hitting home runs. You know, I want to see guys robbing home runs. Yeah. I want to see guys – you know, having fun. You know, the All Star game really became. The balls on that night, yeah, <laughs> All Star game really became a drag for a long time. Let's go gunpowder in the balls this time. Yeah, last year they had gunpowder because they got fall out of the park. Okay, well, a little it, more TNT it, here. Yeah, yeah, that should do it. Mm. And you know what led to the whole uh, this, this discussion or the whole uh, you know, going back almost twenty years here? What led to MLB deciding to go with the home field advantage thing in 2002 when the all-star the game was in Milwaukee, the they had the, they had the tie. Well, here's my thought and I'm just spitballing here. If you will, it's a, it's an exhibition game with the best of the best yes. and the best. If a guy has to come back into a game later on, who cares? Why does it matter? People paid to see the best players in the game play. So if you've exhausted your entire roster, let somebody let, let the first guy you took out come back in and play. Who cares, you know? But yeah, I'm a little. I'm about 20 years too late on that uh, on that argument. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I saw that Austin game. Like, gee, what do you do here? You're gonna, you're, you're gonna what? Okay. Well, I know the, the only argument, not very happy about that. The the only argument I'll make is this. Uh, I remember probably one of the best plays I've seen in an All Star game defensively. Had it not been for Torrey Hunter robbing that home run, or what should have been a home run by Barry Bond, yeah, it would have been a mood argument. So I mean, so yeah, de- defense needs to just go out the window in these I guess it, games. How about yeah. that? <laughs> well, and for those of you who think, wait, there's no tying in baseball. Oh yes, there is. Exactly, exactly. Going back to the in some cases, uh, it happens summer classic of 2002. Very rare, but sometimes it does happen in regular season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now they call it a suspended game, and they pick it up. But, you know, still, they leave the stadium with the score tied. So, in a way, exactly. it can happen yeah. in regular season. Under 
under strange circumstances. Exactly, exactly. So, so Lou, what's, uh, yeah. what's on tap for the uh, Enhanced Sports Show for you tomorrow night? Oh, but well, I told you February was going to be a busy month. You know, for the shortest month of the year, we packed a lot in. And believe me, we got some stuff. We're going to recap uh, Daytona, just like you guys are. Maybe you might want to come on the show tomorrow. Anyway, help me, help me, help me with it. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the NBA All-Star Weekend. Most of it I would like, but there is one event I didn't really care for, and I think you guys who know me know what that is. Uh, we'll wrap up the Olympics, too. Uh, the, the Americans did better than most people thought they did. Uh, we'll also cover uh, we'll cover the MLB labor talks, which have picked up a little bit of steam, but it might be too little too late to save a 162-game season, probably. Uh, NHL will take us in college basketball because there's only two weeks left in the regular season, so I'm going to get thoughts and predictions on that. Uh, we're going to talk some USFL as well. Like I'm not say that out loud yet, right? And we're also going to discuss, for those of you with special interest, We'll tackle some MLS soccer. That's right, because the season opens tomorrow. Which is not for nothing, but if you ask me, I think their off season, I think, is a little bit too short. I mean, you're starting in February. You played your um, championship game the week before Christmas, and already you're starting uh, regular season games. Even though they only added the 36th regular season, but still, it's a little weird. Yeah, it's a year-round sport nowadays, uh, for sure. So. Yeah, but around here, I mean, it's still freezing in New York, and uh, they're going to play regular season already. Uh, <laughs> is it me, or is there something wrong with this picture? <laughs> All right, well, Lou, you are on. Remember, uh, remember when the league yeah. first started, they started in April. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, I was not aware that, that was when they initially had they're started. Not they, time, you know. <laughs> you said they only play 36 games in a season, is that right? Yeah, but I think they only play an average of one or two a week. Yeah, that sounds about right. They have a little break there at some point, and then you have the, the playoffs uh, that begin. But remember, uh, like I well, said, you guys so. are not as old as I am, so you probably wouldn't remember that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and I remember the first game. Way back when before yeah. TV was around, so yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Went a little too they far back, that I guess. Old. Yeah. <laughs> they have a Sharks New England Revolution. What what year did the uh, MLS begin? I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, 1990, um, 1996. 96, okay. Got you there. So it's not too terribly long. That's only 25, 26 years. Um, well, there's some people, it is a lifetime. If you ask my nephew, it is a lifetime for him. <laughs> He's only 18. All about perspective, yeah, for sure. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lou, uh, Thank you for joining us tonight. Your show, I know, uh, is uh, Eastern Time Zone. Uh, I believe it's uh, is it five thirty to seven thirty. Is that correct? Five? No, 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 no. Five to seven. Five to seven. I'm sorry. I had the, the half East hour Coast part time, there. By the way, East Coast time. Yeah. All right. East Coast and, uh, time. Tell everyone. Gonna, um, yes. Five one two five four three four six six two. Five one two five four three four six six two. If you dial from outside the United States, dial the extra one first, or you don't get squat. All right, so that All is right. Uh, Lou with the Enhanced uh, Sports Show. Of course, uh, he does a great job there uh, on uh, on Saturdays from, again, 5 to 7, and he'd love to hear from you too. So, Lou, thanks so much uh, here for joining us tonight. Uh, we certainly appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule, and we look forward to hearing from you again in the weeks to come. So thank you so much. I'll be back. 
Thank you so much, Lou. <laughs> Greatly appreciate it. All right, so that's our good buddy Lou. And, of course, again, uh, if you just joined us late here, he has the Enhanced Sports Show uh, on Saturdays uh, from 5 to 7 Eastern time. And uh, you can, of course, uh, chime in on his show as well if you prefer to do so. If you'd like to join us here tonight on our show, uh, our number to call is uh, area code 516-418-5572. Again, that's 516-418-5572 if you want to bring up a, a topic in the sports world, if you want to ask Alan some questions about his uh, fine experience this past weekend at uh, the Daytona 500 and, of course, the events that led up to it. Um, got to ask you some questions here, Alan. I, I know, again, it's one of those things where I've been there a couple times myself. I've been to the Daytona 500. I've been to a couple of, of uh, uh, the 400 races that run in the summertime. And I also had the great opportunity about uh, 11, 12 years ago to take a fully guided tour around the track. Uh, I believe it was in late 2010. Um, what was, in your mind, your expectations going in? And then were, were, were you blown away with what you expected? Or was it, you know, did it come up a little bit short? And then I want to also ask you, what was the most impressive like, area or thing that you saw? Yeah, that's that's some great questions. It, it definitely blew me away. I had some expectations. I, I thought kind of like the drivers would be like the Indy. I went to Indy race before. It was a much smaller venue than the Daytona 500. It's not in the same category. But the drivers used to, in between races, walk around and used to be able to get autographs pretty pretty easy. This event, you know, you may want to probably get there a few days earlier than Saturday or Sunday if you wanted autographs. Not that you couldn't get them, but it was as it gets closer to game time, which is Sunday, the chance of you getting autographs gets less and less, I've noticed. And it it blew me away because the grandness of the event, of how many people show up, you know, if you actually pay attention, there's a lot of people who are vested in NASCAR you have now minority owners starting to get a part of it. Michael Jordan, Pitbull, Emmett Smith, and even Charles Woodson was asked a question if he was considering becoming an owner of NASCAR, and he said he wouldn't be opposed to it. He's going to talk to Emmett and Michael and see, you know, more about it, learn more about it. So I was I was impressed that NASCAR is starting to from what I could see, embrace diversity. I, I've, I've definitely felt very comfortable there. And I, I really was, was really, you know, I didn't feel out of place. There was a, a few minorities there. In fact, there was a, a nice lady who wanted to get Bubba, a picture with Bubba. I don't think she got it. She was trying really hard. If anybody deserved to get a photograph with Bubba, it was her over me. I didn't get a picture with Bubba. I took a, some great shots of him, but I, I didn't get a chance to get a picture with him. You know, it was, it was close to right to, to game time, but I was blown away. I was really blown away of how vast and big it was. There was over 100,000 people there. It was nice that people are getting back to functions like this again. And the most... <laughs> Oh, wow, that, that's a great question. The, the coolest thing that I probably saw there 
the coolest, one of the coolest experiences was interviewing Katie Toner from the Thunderbirds. I thought mm-hmm. she, she did a great job. It, it would be, that's the great thing about the Allen and Aaron Sports, the greatest show, that we interview people that you normally wouldn't probably see get interviewed. And it was a great interview. I thought that was great. There's a lot of great things I saw. I would say the funniest thing I saw, though, let me tell the, the, the audience this, uh, this story. And again, this is what I just witnessed. I don't, I, I don't, won't say I part, I'm a participant in it, it's just what I witnessed. I was, you know, on some parts of the Daytona 500 where the parking lots are, you can see Lamborghinis, you can see people who have really nice cars parked in a way where they kind of highlight where the, they're driving a nice car. Mm-hmm. So this guy with a thick country accent, he comes out of nowhere and just says, this guy's license plate says hookers. Right? And I'm like, what? So I'm thinking there's no way that our esteemed Florida DMV would approve a license plate that says that. Because when they, you get a personalized plate, it has to have some type of content value. Sure enough, I go and lo and behold, I take a picture of it, and it, his license plate says hookers with a Z. And I just thought it was just really funny <laughs> that the DMV approved that, and he actually had a personalized plate of that. <laughs> yeah, you never I didn't know put the picture up but because I didn't want to offend anyone, you know, but it was just, to me, it's funny. It's, you know, it's just, it's just hilarious. Yeah, I, I, some of the things that I remember seeing with, and I, this was two years ago that I took my, my sons at the time, let's see, they're 16 and 14 now, so they would have been 12 and 14 two years ago, and I don't know if you parked on the north side of, uh, of uh, 1792 that runs right through town there, uh, International Speedway Boulevard. That's the side that the mall is on, that the shops and a lot of the restaurants is on, and you have that pedestrian bridge that you have to go over. As you approach that bridge, there are all kinds of people promoting all kinds of different things. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, you hear a lot of language, you hear a lot of different things that are going on, and sometimes things just catch your eye that you, you weren't expecting. And I, I won't say on air what I saw, what I heard, but I, I got a good chuckle out of it because, you know, again, when you get caught off guard and you hear something that you don't really expect, you, you sometimes you're going to react one way or the other. And I prefer to laugh. So, um, but I, I, I agree. I think you, you kind of run into some things uh, sometimes there that you just don't expect that, it, you know, it's kind of unusual. Um, and, you know, that's a good part of life is, is getting to laugh sometimes. So, um, I think my favorite thing about having been there a, a handful of times, and I'll go back to the first time I saw a race there, which would have been July of 2011. In the summer race is held at night because obviously the weather is better. It's cooler out. The fans are not going to make it. Neither are the drivers if you do it in the middle of the day. So um, seeing, seeing a wreck, now I don't want anybody to get hurt, certainly, but to see it on TV and see pieces flying different directions and camera angles and all that kind of stuff, there's nothing like seeing it in person, especially when it happens right in front of you. So not an experience that I would go to a race and hope that happens, but to see it happen is pretty crazy. Um, and, you know, having been there, and I, I think I may have mentioned this on the show before, 
when I was there in 2020, so I guess again two years ago, uh, the president flew in on Air Force One, and Air Force One is something to behold. It's just a neat thing to see that. It's the American race. you got the American plane. You know, all this stuff happening all at the same time, and Darius uh, Rucker did a pre, uh, pre-race concert. It was just a very neat event uh, to, to be at, and every year it seems like they outdo themselves from the year before. So, so you got to see one that was uh, two years better than what I saw two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was really, it was really, really great experience, and and man, um, it, it was something I would definitely highly recommend somebody go ahead and, like you mentioned earlier in the show, to go ahead and experience themselves because it is something to actually go there and watch it. And I'm already thinking about how, you know, us as myself and as a show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Creator Show, how we can do even better the next time around, how we can spend more days there because, you know, NASCAR, again, thank you to NASCAR. They were going to invite us to be there really the whole week, Tuesday through Sunday. I really appreciate the offer and the invitation for us to do that. It just due to time constraints and due to schedule conflicts, we couldn't as a show commit to be there that long. But I did tell them since it was kind of last minute that we could be there for the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, which which I was there. But, man, the great thing about being there Wednesday, you would get a chance to do media day with the drivers. During Saturday and Sunday, you might get an impromptu quick interview with the drivers, but it's going to be tougher. But Wednesday is the best day to get the drivers and interview them. Media day, just like there's a Super Bowl, and that's Wednesday. So I'm already thinking about how we can do an even grander and better job, how we can have even more fun the next time around, because it was it was just a, a marvelous experience. Yeah, this is uh, hopefully for our show the first of many uh, events that we – uh, get an opportunity to uh, to be at there at Daytona over the next uh, you know however many years. So <laughs> um, oh, yeah. now I I got a chance while you were at uh, at Daytona and uh, again you know you mentioned a scheduling conflict. Main reason I was not able to attend. I had a previous uh, engagement that had been planned months in advance. So unfortunately that kept me from being able to participate. I certainly would love to be there in the future. And definitely will be making every effort I can to be there in 2023. I'm already circling it on my calendar. So <laughs> um, we'll definitely be uh, be there together uh, here in uh, a year or so. Uh, I did get a chance, however, on Saturday um, to head down to Northport, Florida. There's no baseball going on right now, at least at the professional level. In fact, um, this is kind of segue into my uh, – my uh, soapbox time here on Major League Baseball here tonight. Um, but the fun stuff that did happen last weekend for myself, um, went down to Northport, uh, Brave Spring Training Facilities down there. And the team has, uh, since they won the World Series back in November, been on tour with the World Series Commissioner's Trophy. And they had it for two days uh, down at the stadium. Uh, had uh, thousands of fans that showed up to take a picture with the trophy. Um, I posted that on our Facebook page. Um, got a chance to say hello and shake hands with uh, one of our great guests from uh, a year or so ago, Chip Carey. And I actually, I said, hey, Chip, uh, I don't know if you remember me or not, or remember us or not, but uh, we interviewed you on our program about a year ago. It was almost a year to the date, in fact, that uh, that, that interview took place. And 
I told him, I said, the thing I told you at the end of the show was, you know, Braves are going to win the World Series this year. And uh, his reply back then a year ago was, from your lips to God's ears. When I brought that back up to him, he had a big smile on his face and, and uh, you know, find some autographs and that kind of stuff. So it was definitely um, great, uh, great thing. So, um, so Alan, you're going to be getting back to your, um, to your boxing event here tonight. Um, so I definitely appreciate you coming on. I will handle, uh, I guess, the rest of the show here tonight. Um, definitely been a, a great, uh, great discussion. Great to have you on. Uh, is there anything else you want to add before you go? Yes, and definitely, you know, once again, thank you, NASCAR, for inviting us to Alan and Aaron Sports Radio Show. Can't thank you guys enough. And to Katie Toner for doing the interview. Also, Emmett Smith and Charles Woodson answering questions. You can see all those photos. Great news, guys. I'm at an event here with uh, some big-time Hall of Famers. I'll mention all of that on the show You'll get a chance to see pictures and some things inside. So I'm working to make sure you guys get great content here at the Island and Ireland Sports Radio Show. So I'll give you those details later. But thank you, Alan, Aaron, for definitely having me on tonight. And, you know, take it on home. Let them, let them hear about your great experience with the chip. And, and definitely you have a great night. Absolutely. I'll take it, uh, take it from here, take it home. And, uh, Alan, uh, have a great, uh, great week and, um, uh, you know, have a fun uh, time at the event for sure. Get, get, as you mentioned, get lots of pictures. <laughs> oh, we'll do. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. Oh, yeah, you too. You too. All right. So that's, uh, that's Alan. Uh, he is, uh, off for the rest of the evening and, uh, of course, uh, at a great event there. Um, really helping our show along for sure. And we'll get that content here in the next couple of days, I'm sure, from him. So um, it's just Aaron the rest of the night uh, for uh, for the show and uh, kind of get an opportunity here to uh, kind of take things in a, a direction that uh, I'd like to go in here. Obviously, this is the time of the year where normally we've just finished the Super Bowl. We've just finished uh, the Day 2500. Um, as Lou alluded to, we only have about two weeks left in the college basketball season, so that means that March Madness is right around the corner. Um, what I love about that is it means it's springtime, and pitchers and catchers should have reported here a week or so ago. We just had a Valentine's Day. But here's where we're at, folks. It's an unfortunate thing right now, and it's a very maddening thing right now, too. Um, I actually saw this story break uh, about two, three hours ago. Um, Major League Baseball has canceled more spring training games uh, a week or so back probably about uh, Thursday or maybe Wednesday of last week, they had canceled spring training games until at least the 4th or no later than the 4th, rather, of March. Now they're saying the 7th. And now we're running into a deadline here on Monday the 28th where if there is no agreement that we're going to see a shorter baseball season in 2022. And this is bad for the game, folks. This is bad for the sport. This is bad for the popularity and the building of the brand of Major League Baseball, which is probably still suffering some ill effects from the strike in 1994. I mean, that was nearly 30 years ago now. Um, and I'm going to do a little preaching here tonight, folks, if I can kind of shift gears a little bit to, to, the, to the clowns that run Major League Baseball. There are clowns to the left, clowns to the right, and here we are, the fans. We're the jokers in the middle. Um, 
Right now, you have clowns on both sides. You have clowns on the side of the players' union. I would say Tony Clark would be a big clown in this case. They have no concessions that they want to make on the players' union side. And then, of course, there's the owners, and they're a bunch of rich people who don't care about the game of baseball. And so since December the 4th, 85, 86 days ago, Major League Baseball has locked the players out. There has been no player movement, at least not on Major League contracts. There have been no trades, no free agent signings. There is not any of that stuff that's allowed right now. And it's all over the mighty dollar. Now, I know that we've all experienced inflation. Um, you know, 75 to 8% is uh, the average. Um, and I'm probably wrong with that figure, to be honest with you. Uh, but there's been a lot of just things that you and I are dealing with. And so you've got the, the, the billionaire owners and the millionaire players bickering with each other on who's going to get what. And it's you and I, the fans, who are paying ridiculous amounts of money to go see a game that are going to be the ones who suffer for it because they're not going to play any games or they're going to cut the season short. And I, I get a little bit irate on this because I, as a Floridian, during the month of uh, February and the month of March, I like to go to games. In fact, I, every weekend I pretty much like to go to a game. So um, this will be the third spring in a row if this happens. Actually, it's already happened. This is the third spring in a row, uh, spring in a row 2020, 2021, and now 2022, that there is no regular rhythm to spring training. Two years ago, we had the pandemic hit right smack in the middle, shut everything down. Refunds for tickets were having to be distributed. That was a lot of fun, by the way, folks. Last year, if you bought tickets to a game, it was like one-fifth. It was 20% capacity, 25% capacity. So you had a whole section basically to yourself. And the tickets were insanely priced, too, by the way. I might, might throw that in there as well. So now you have this year where it's just, hey, do we even have a game that's going to happen? You know, um, it, it, it's very frustrating. And here, here's where I stand on this. And, and it's no different than anything I've said in, in past uh, episodes of our show. This should have been handled a long time ago. This should never have gone past Christmas. Should never have gone past first of the year. Should never have gone past January 31st. And certainly should never have gone past when pitchers and catchers report. We should be watching MLB Network right now or ESPN right now and seeing all these players that have signed with new teams or traded to new teams or the speculation of where somebody who's still a free agent is going to go. It is just maddening. And I, I would hope, I hope by tonight we would have something. Two weeks ago I heard good news that there was going to be an agreement reached. And yet here still we are. And it doesn't look good, um, being honest here. I don't know if spring training can, can be any shorter than two weeks. I, I get a feeling that that's probably not going to be the case. I suppose they could uh, alter or modify the schedule to where there's enough split squad games. But and the impact economically to a lot of these small-time vendors and local municipalities that rely on that money every year. I mean, you talk about tens of millions of dollars that get pumped into cities like where I'm at, Lakeland, or Northport, where the Braves are, or Sarasota, where the uh, Orioles play, or Tampa, where the Yankees are at, any of these other cities. Fans come here during this time of the year to get away from normal life and, and 
They want to see their big leaders play. But the owners don't want them to play. And I question the owners uh, as far as do they really care about the teams that they own? Because what's going to happen, whether this lockout ends this weekend, next weekend, or a month from now, the owners are going to go right back to doing just what they did before, pretending like none of this ever happened. They're going to treat you and I, folks, like we're stupid. They're going to treat us like we're dumb. They're going to raise the price on tickets. And it's not good for anybody. So the people who charge you all these fees, these, the people who uh, entertain us, essentially, they don't care about us. And I think Major League Baseball deserves uh, whatever it gets as, as far as if the, if the ratings drop. Um, you know, but changing gears a little bit here, when this lockout ends, the interesting thing is, is when, it end, when the lockout began back in December, December 4th, there was a ton of player movement, free agent signings, mainly, that took place just before the lockout began. And there's still some players, though, that are out there that have not signed. Freddie Freeman's a big example. A lot of talk about him. He wants a six-year deal. Atlanta only wants to offer a five-year deal. Um, you know, does he leave? Does he go to New York? I've heard the Yankees come out. I've heard the Blue Jays are a possibility. Um, Angels have a big opening now that Pujols is gone. The Dodgers have all this money that is laying around. They might have an opening at first base. There's a lot of potential uh, dominoes that would fall if he went somewhere else, and then that means Atlanta's going to need a first baseman. So does Atlanta go after Matt Olson from Oakland? Do they go after uh, Anthony Rizzo, who uh, spent last year with the Cubs and the Yankees? There's a lot of speculation on what what Freddie Freeman decides will lead to some of these other decisions happening. Um, it, it's just it's a mess right now because of the the lockout for sure, and then all these questions would have been answered here a while back. Um, I'm hoping that by the time we have a show again uh, next week or at least the week after, at the very latest, that we're talking about pitchers and catchers reporting, and maybe a game or two is taking place. We'll have to see what happens. Um, right now, it is very frustrating. Um, just very, very disappointed in how long it's taken to get to this point, and nothing has been, unfortunately, resolved yet. That's uh, the end of my soapbox here tonight for Major League Baseball. It's been one of those uh, one of those days, and just continuing to hear the, the, the not-so-good news is not a lot of fun. Lou, when he was on here a little bit ago, he did bring up something, though, that I think is uh, certainly something to look forward to, and that is uh, the NCAA tournament, which has also not been – the same in the last couple of years. We uh, didn't have one two years ago uh, because of the pandemic uh, really hitting home and hitting hard. So this year is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, fans are back, uh, full capacity. And I think that given that this is, you know, Mike Krzyzewski's last uh, hurrah, if you will, it's going to be a special year. So keep on looking forward uh, to that. Um, other events that are coming up, coming up here very shortly, NFL free agency and didn't really uh, bring this up earlier as something we were going to talk about tonight, but um, free agency is only about uh, 10 days or so out. All a lot of talk about is Aaron Rodgers going to get a new deal with the Packers. Are they going to trade him? There's been some proposals that might be out there. A lot of it seems to be uh, writer's speculation, which quite honestly is where a lot of this stuff comes from. Um, 
I personally think that size of things makes sense for him. I think he could go to Denver. Denver could then take uh, first round and second round pick in this year's draft and next year's draft. Send that to Green Bay. Everybody's happy. Um, but the question is, is Jordan Love the right guy in Green Bay? Nobody really knows the answer to that yet. Have to wait and see. I guess it's uh, kind of a time will tell thing. Then there's also the talk that he wants to be the highest. Uh, that's Rodgers, of course, wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the league and reportedly would like $50 million a year. The guy's 38 years old. He's still at the top of his game. He had a MVP uh, year again in 2020, uh, rather 2021. So if you're Green Bay, do you bring him back? Do you, you know, commit to him long term? You know, what is the answer to the question? A lot of things will be determined over the next uh, 10, probably 15 days on that side of things as well. So it may not be something that's going on on the field, but it is things that will impact what does happen on the field in the 2022 season. So um, a lot of things to talk about. I, I know uh, when we reconvene here at our next show, my hope again is baseball is be that much closer to the NCAA tournament's beginning. And then, of course, uh, NFL free agency will be in uh, full swing. Uh, tonight, I want to thank uh, Alan for taking a little bit of time out of the boxing event to be able to uh, to be able to give us uh, kind of an update. And of course, the great, amazing experience at Daytona. As I mentioned, I endorse that fully. It is a great thing, even if you can't make it to the main race, the Daytona 500, which happens on the Sunday. Um, you have the the shorter races that take place on Saturday all the events that lead up. There is just so much uh, to do there, a lot of things that are fun. Um, I definitely recommend that. And it's never too early to plan. I get emails uh, a couple days after the race has taken place. Hey, get your tickets for the following year. So I would certainly look at that as uh, something to um, to keep you entertained. It is uh, most definitely a lot of fun. Again, I thank Alan for, uh, for being able to come on here tonight and take that time out of what he's doing with the boxing event. And I also want to thank Lou for uh, joining us as well. It's a little bit of a shortened show here tonight just because we didn't have as much on the calendar and as much on the, uh, on the docket here to go over. But I want to thank you all as our fans for listening. We really would love to hear from you, whether it's uh, calling in sometime, posting something on our Facebook page, asking us a question. I promise you this, if you ask us a question, we will read it on the air and we'll also respond on the air too. So for Alan... And for Lou, this is Aaron signing off here tonight. Thank you so much, and have a great night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Evan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. Subscribe and check out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.